What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Coming up on The Rub. You know, we have over 100 barbecue restaurants in the city. If you ask 100 Memphians what's your favorite restaurant, you'll probably get about 30 or 40 different answers. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, and, and, and very passionate answers on, on why they believe uh, one is better than the other. You know, we, we, we weren't in the finals, and that's just sort of, it's a, oh, man. Everyone really wants that back. Everyone wants that, that, that final cart to pull back up and hand you that world champion finals sheet that tells you who you're in the finals with. Everyone wants that feeling back. Kind of started in 1992 with a group of local businessmen kind of got together to cook some barbecue for some trophies and bragging rights. And it's kind of escalated to one of the biggest barbecue events in Northeast Arkansas. From the backyard to competition cooking, this is a show about barbecue, grilling, recipes, and more. This is The Rub. And now from Memphis Barbecue Supply, here's Jimmy Shotwell. Welcome to the show that's all about barbecue, outdoor grilling, and competition cooking. This is The Rub from the studios of 600 WREC and 92.1 FM in Memphis, Tennessee. The home of the world's best barbecue. I'm Jimmy Shotwell. And I'm Forrest Goodman. Coming up, the Memphis and May World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest is big business to this region when it comes to tourism especially. Kevin Kane is with the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau and discusses what the big contest means to us economically. Mark Lambert is with the championship team, sweet swine of mine, and he also enters his second year as president of the NBBQA. He joins us. Plus, Eric Johnson with Camo Cookers gives a preview of a big contest happening in Arkansas, which just happens to come a week before the championship barbecue cooking contest here. Plus, we'll have the question of the week, what's going on, and recipe of the week and jimmy everything these days it seems is becoming smart we've got smart cars smartphones smart tvs and the list goes on and on well there's an austrian company which now says it has a smart grill you heard that right it claims you will grill perfectly every single time it's stainless steel it has seven temperature sensors that sends data to your cell phone so you can cook your favorite meat yeah, everything's. there's been so many things over the years. Hey, this product is going to be the best grill ever. You don't have to worry about it. It's touch, no touch involvement. I'm going to be very interested to see what this is because technology is a great thing when it works. When it doesn't work, <laughs> sure, sure. it's a piece of stainless steel that's going to be sitting in your patio just, just sitting there. Um, but I'd um, be very interested. But there, you're right. There's a lot of things going smartphones. I mean, I've got customers come in and ask me about thermometers that are bluetooth or wi-fi enable something they can go to work and watch on their computer while it's smoking at home or they're looking for grills that are one such button set it up and just let it roll right oh you know i i got from your store as a matter of fact it's just one of the wireless thermometers and i thought that was high and fancy it doesn't send to my cell phone but it's got a little portable unit i can walk around my house Mm -hmm. 
and it sends to that the temperature, the cooking time. I even use it when I cook stuff in my oven inside. <laughs> so I'll know, not just on the grill outside. So, uh, no, you're absolutely right. Everything is becoming smart. I, like you, am a little hesitant on the yeah. smart grill. And look, I like the challenge of trying to perfectly cook something on my own but this thing says it will help you do it perfectly every single time yeah and i'm really skeptical about that i think it was last year mit some students at mit came out with the perfect grill it, it, it held temperature the best the most efficient and all this yeah yeah we still haven't seen it on the market yet <laughs> it, it looked ugly first off it was looked ugly but it did its purpose supposedly but it only cooked very small quantities of meat. It didn't cook what you usually do out there on a 4th of July weekend and entertaining everybody at the pool. Right. We all know that barbecue is big business to Memphis. Just look at all the famous restaurants that locals and visitors alike flock to. And the Memphis and May World Championship Barbecue Contest is a huge attraction with teams across the country and the world here competing. Add to it the party goers that come and enjoy the event, and it's not just the premier event for pitmasters, it's the money in the local economy. Kevin Kane is president of the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau. Memphis Lady National Barbecue Contest has become our Kentucky Derby, it's become our Indianapolis 500. I mean, it really is to Memphis what uh, those signature events are to, uh, to those cities as well. So, you know, the history, the fact that it is absolutely undeniably the uh, king of barbecue contest in North America, and the fact that it attracts people from literally all over the world. The economic impact of, of Memphis and May is about $80 million a year. And of course, barbecue, the barbecue weekend is a big chunk of that. And uh, literally, there's teams here from almost every state in the country, and, and uh, as you know, from different parts of the world. It is just a uh, you can't describe it to people. People, they have to experience it to understand what it's all about, but uh, people just love it. I mean, we know Memphis is, of course, the barbecue capital of the world, but this week is the one week that uh, we can showcase it off. I know there's nearly impossible right now to get a hotel room downtown Memphis, so you can you have the impact downtown, but it's citywide, if I'm not mistaken. Memphis is basically sold out. In fact, um, uh, we made national news last year with with some Airbnb folks in the city that were renting tents. <laughs> they were <laughs> renting tents in downtown Memphis for the barbecue contest. I mean, that's how crazy it gets here. And uh, it made a national story on the Airbnb network about how you know people are renting their tents out, much less their houses or their spare bedrooms or their apartments. And uh, but that's you know that's the type of uh, uh, capacity that it just it just stretches the city to the to the limits and uh, it, it's just a wonderful event and there's people that come here as you know on an annual basis they make a pilgrimage to Memphis every single year for the barbecue contest and it goes just beyond the hotel rooms but restaurants are full Bill Street is full I mean it is as as you said in the entire month an eighty million dollar impact and that weekend ha- is a big deal because. As you know, for for the cookers, Kevin, I mean, it's a competition, and they want to come in and win a championship. But for a lot of people, the average guy that's listening, it's about the party that goes along with it. Well, there's no question about it. It is a it's a festive atmosphere. There's music. There's food. There's obviously the other amenities that Memphis is famous for. You know, our our other attractions do very well during the barbecue weekend and during Memphis May as a whole. So. 
you know, we we had tracked over eleven and a half million visitors to our city from literally all over the world, and our biggest month is the month of May. So, uh, you know, you can do the math on that. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it has a huge impact on uh, on this community. And uh, as I say, you know, Memphis May the the recent uh, economic impact study show that it's an eighty million dollar uh, windfall wow. for the city. So. Uh, Thank God for Memphis and May, you know, uh, over 40 years strong and uh, still going. And, uh, you know, a few years ago when they moved it to Tiger Lane, which, you know, as a Memphian, I thought it was pretty nice at Tiger Lane, all concrete, no dirt. You know, it was, but, you know, the, the, the out-of-towners love that downtown, man. They love being on that river. They love being able to walk from their hotels um, and, 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 and to the park, and they love going from Memphis and May to a lot of the downtown establishments. So, you know, I think that, you know, basically the, the steak was put in the ground. The barbecue contest belongs, uh, you know, on the banks of the river, even though me as a Memphian, I thought it was pretty cool at Tiger Lane. But uh, uh, I think the people spoke and they said, you know, we want to be on the mighty Mississippi River. They we love that view. All, yeah. We want to have all those amenities right there at our fingertips. And I think that that view uh, and being on the river really is, really does completely add to the whole uh, atmosphere and the positive vibe that uh, the barbecue contest receives. I've always said Tom Lee Park and the Bluff is our city's front porch right there that people get and see not just the the Memphis, the built-up cities, the wonderful tall buildings, but that Mississippi River right there is our front porch. So do we see a residual of these folks coming to visit us in May? Do we see these folks coming back and visiting us again outside of Memphis in May? Well, I have met a lot of people that have, that have attended conventions here that have been here, and they said, you know, I first came to Memphis for – the barbecue contest. In fact, our own football coach, University of Memphis Tigers, Mike Norvell, I mean, when he was hired here, the first words out of his mouth, hey, I played football in Central Arkansas. I know Memphis well. I used to come over to Memphis in May That's right. when I was in college. <laughs> That's so, exactly right. So, 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 you know, that was one of the first words out of his mouth. His One of his earliest recollections for him and his wife both of Memphis was experiencing Memphis during Memphis in May. So, yes, Memphis in May clearly is uh, – it's uh, it's it's one of those uh, opportunities for us to expose our city in a very positive light, and it, it leads to people uh, in some cases uh, repeat visitation, coming here for other reasons, bringing their families back for other to take advantage and explore other things that we have. And in the case of Norville, even coming back here to coach our hometown Tigers. With the growth of TV and barbecue on TV and social media, um, you start seeing these other cities be focused on these nice restaurants they've got and all barbecue-related. Are we seeing start of a barbecue tourism here in Memphis? Well, we've always been barbecue tourism. In fact, I think in the last few years, uh, with the explosion, as you and as we all know, living here, the explosion of of, uh, of of a diverse restaurant culinary scene that exists in Memphis today that did not exist a decade ago. We've actually grown beyond barbecue, but there is no question about it. Our foothold in barbecue, you know, we have over 100 barbecue restaurants in the city. If you ask 100 Memphians what's your favorite restaurant, you'll probably get about 30 or 40 different answers. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, and, and, and very passionate answers on, on why they believe uh, one is better than the other. You know, we're the barbecue capital of the world. Uh, it was interesting that somebody was uh, saying, well, gosh, Brooklyn, New York says they've got great barbecue. I said, well, you know, good for them. Anybody can say they have great barbecue, but People, when they think of Memphis, we're synonymous with barbecue, and they know that we have great barbecues. Uh, Leonard, uh, I think his name was Hugh Berger, if I'm saying his last name right, the old Leonard's, you know, he opened 
back in the 1920s uh, in five seats downtown Memphis, and he did smoke pit barbecue. And that was really the beginning for Memphis uh, as a barbecue city. And then you look at what's happened in the decades since then with uh, with people like the Berettas and, of course, the Burgesses and so many others that got into the barbecue business, uh, the Pelts, and, and, and on and on and on. 80, almost, 100, almost a century later, here we are, 1918, I think that first Leonard's Barbecue Restaurant opened in 1922. So, you know, we're 96 years into the barbecue world. And- this is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. And we clearly have have uh, put our stake in the ground that... Uh Memphis is world famous for, for for great barbecue. Well, and look at it today, Kevin. Not only will people come here, but with so many barbecue outlets here in this city having a partnership with FedEx, we can spread the barbecue love all over the world. You know, David Bryan, the, the keyboard player for Bon Jovi, uh, who wrote the Broadway musical, he wrote all the music to the Broadway show uh, Memphis that was a big Broadway success and won four Tony Awards and David's a co-founder of Bon Jovi, grew up with John Bon Jovi. He's been in the band since the very beginning. He calls me a couple of times a year and will have me ship uh, Rendezvous Barbecue uh, to his house uh, up in uh, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, he just, he, and he tells, he brings all his neighbors over. He says, we're having Memphis Barbecue tonight. And they just all go crazy. And, you know, and that happens, you can talk to uh, John and Nick Ferguson, they will tell you that happens on a daily basis where Memphis Barbecue, either through Corky's or Rendezvous or other places, is being shipped to different parts around the country, and people are celebrating. Uh, you know, It's a big deal for them to be eating Memphis Barbecue. Last season on the Rub, we, we got into a debate, and we got a couple of different folks on the radio with us talking about the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Kansas City right now, they don't have a physical location. They've got a yearly thing at their barbecue event. They have a... It, it, it's nothing but a piece of paper with names on it, right? Yeah, exactly. So the question is, how in the heck can we get a Memphis become the home of the World Barbecue Hall of Fame? Is that even possible? A, a physical location that people can go visit since we are the world headquarters of barbecue. You know, I would love to see that. And, you know, I, I just wish we had a collection of all the old vintage signs from all the drive-ins that sold barbecue, the Leonard's, the Monty's, oh, yeah. uh, Fortune's Jungle Garden, uh, you know, you just go up and down the list, uh, three three little pigs. But you're right, we should, uh, you know, we should have a Memphis Barbecue Hall of Fame, or we should be the home of the World Barbecue Hall of Fame. Could be an opportunity for maybe Memphis and May to look at. I'm not trying to spend their money. <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm a board member, I better be careful what I say. But, but uh, you know, it could be an opportunity for Memphis and May to expand uh and maybe have some type of a barbecue hall of fame somewhere down the road. What's your first experience that you had with Memphis and May Barbecue Fest? What was the first time you went down there? Gosh, it was probably in the either late seventies or early eighties. I didn't go when it was in the parking lot across from the Orpheum. 
the first one I went to was in Tom Lee Park, so I guess that would have been 79 or 80. I was in college, and you know, and I can remember going down there. And, of course, you know, I, I, I didn't belong to the team. I'm just walking around just kind of soaking it all in. I've got so many great memories. I can remember, I can remember riding through the park one year with Coach Larry Finch. You know, that was a time when Larry's career, you know, the, the, the Tigers were struggling. There were people saying, hey, maybe we need a coach and change or whatever. Larry was pretty down about that. And I said, Larry, I said, come on, we're going to get on a golf cart. We're going to ride through. We're going to ride through the barbecue contest, and you're going to see how many people love you. <laughs> and uh, and I will tell you, we couldn't go five feet. Oh, and we, we'd have to stop the golf cart, and all these barbecue teams, uh, you know, especially all the Memphis teams, they all were inviting Coach Finch in and wanted to, you know, to have their picture made with their team members and all that. You, you know, when you're a coach, it can be a lonely, lonely world. You read negative stories and, you, you know, you hear people talk about, you know, what they don't like, what you're doing right, wrong, or indifferent. But it was, I just remember that so vividly, and, and Larry was so picked up by that. He said, good grief. He said, I, I think it, it kind of surprised him to see the pure adulation. And, and you know, he, let's face it, he was a hometown hero. I mean, Definitely. he changed his, he changed this city. When Coach Cal was here, Coach Cal used to love going through the barbecue contest. <laughs> and, you know, just absolutely loved it. And, uh, you know, so, it, you know, it, it is a place where everybody wants to go and everybody wants to be seen. You know, when the Grizzlies do their, their booth down there, it's interesting. You see so many former Grizzlies that come back to Memphis during Memphis in May. <laughs> Uh, you know, I saw Quincy Pondexter last year, you know, uh, you know, so many different NBA, but Mike Miller, even when he didn't have his house here, when he was, when he, when he'd gone to uh, Miami, uh, before he moved back to Memphis, Mike Miller used to come back, uh, back here every year. So, you know, you see all these different Grizzlies, Shane Battier and others that would, would, you know, they would make sure they came back to Memphis during, during the Memphis barbecue contest and, and because, you know, they had just such fond memories of it. And I think that's the impact that that, uh, but that event has on uh, on our community. It really is such a signature thing as people associate it with something that's great about Memphis. With uh, the years and how it's changed, the one thing kind of gets buried every year, especially when it comes to Barbecue Fest, is this is an international competition, but it's also an international festival where there's a country being honored every year. How does that affect us Memphis financially or economically that transition this year's the Czech Republic uh, do we get much exposure in the Czech Republic I, I'll tell you what we last year uh, I you know we, we honored Poland three years ago I'm glad you brought this up because last year we honored Poland I think three or four years ago now and it took Poland a few years the American Polish Society in Memphis wanted to do a Memphis festival in Poland so we went to the city of Sopot S-O-P-O-T, which is a, it's a beautiful resort place. It's very popular in the summertime. I think it was in the month of June we were there last year. And uh, uh, they took a Memphis chef who was Polish that used to live in Memphis, and he did a Memphis barbecue event. And we took Memphis music, and we played in the amphitheater for 5,000 people that was sold out. Elton John was going to be was booked there two weeks later. <laughs> and uh, they had this whole Memphis celebration, almost like a Memphis and May celebration, but it was really centered around Memphis music and Memphis barbecue. And, and they did this Memphis barbecue. And people that were visiting that community, as well as people that lived in that community, they sold out of all the barbecue that they, could, that they, that they made. They sold out. And it was a paid event. It wasn't like you just came and sampled it for free. You had a you you bought you bought a, a ticket to this event and it was out at a it was out at their polo grounds where a horse track and it was really a cool 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 deal and uh and that's what happened 
the honor country sometimes goes back and that, you know, they want to do something Memphis barbecue related as a result of their experiences here. Now, now the Czechs this year, the Czech Republic, you know, they're big beer drinkers. So they're going to be working with, uh, with, uh, I think it's Bluff city brewing. I'm trying to think which, which one of our breweries, uh, local brew pubs that, uh, and they're going to be doing a special Czech beer. They're going to, they're going to do a special Czech beer for the, for the barbecue contest in Memphis in May. So, uh, you're right. We we just kind of go with whoever the company is, and and we take our Memphis barbecue to them. I can remember going with Pat and Gina Neely from Neely's Neely's Barbecue Show years ago. We went we went over to uh, Spain when we were honoring Spain, and we did a we did Memphis barbecue at the ambassador's residence in Spain with Jim Holt and the Memphis and May team. So so uh, you know taking Memphis barbecue to different places is not uncommon. Uh, you know, we've taken, you know, uh, the Verguses we took, uh, when, uh, AC Wharton was the, was the Shelby County mayor. We, we, we did something with the St. Jude event in Singapore and FedEx shipped, uh, rendezvous, uh, rendezvous barbecue to Singapore. We did a big Memphis barbecue event at the Hard Rock Cafe. Believe it or not, the Hard Rock Cafe let us bring in Memphis barbecue and, uh, rendezvous did this barbecue thing in Singapore. So, you know, we take Memphis barbecue all over the world with Memphis and May, without Memphis and May, and everything in between, because that is our that's you know that's one of the signature uh, that's one of our signatures that's one of our trademarks of uh, of Memphis is is our great barbecue. So you know, I've had the privilege of, of, of accompanying barbecue people all over the planet, uh, and that's one of the ways we tell our story, and that's one of the ways we market our city to get visitors to come here. That's Kevin Kane with the MCVB. And, Jimmy, you know firsthand the folks that come here to participate and enjoy Memphis and May. You see them from all over. I mean, we see them, of course, down there at Tomley Park walking around at the store that week and that weekend before and after. You see folks from across the world pop in the store just picking up a little bit of flavor from Memphis to take home with them. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's this week is a week really for Memphis to shine culinary-wise and have a good time at the same time. Coming up, Mark Lambert of Sweet Swine of Mine is looking for another title in Memphis later this month. Recognized by the MBBQA with its awards of excellence, this is The Rub on 600 WRC 92.1 FM. This is The Rub. Welcome back. Alongside Forrest Goodman, I'm Jimmy Shotwell, and there are so many ways you can hear the show each week. You're absolutely right. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and now on the iHeartRadio app, along with hearing it every Saturday afternoon right here at 3 o'clock on 600 WREC and 92.1 FM. Anyone who knows anything about barbecue competition cooking is familiar, Jimmy, with the name Sweet Swine of Mine. They've won championships and even have their own line of rubs and sauces. On top of that, Mark Lambert is now in his second year as president of the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. Going into the, it's, it's always a two-year term. Uh, you know, you're kind of a president-elect, and then you have two-year presidents, and then you're on, you're still on the board as immediate past president. So even though it's only a two-year term, it feels like a four-year. You're, you're, I'm, if you're, once you're president, you're always pretty much uh, involved with the board, and so it's it's good that, you know, moving forward, you won't always, you know, be the go-to person, but at the end of the day, if you've ever been president, it's kind of hard to ever 
uh, not be involved. It's you have to. You've got to be passionate about barbecue and helping people and and uh, the conference that we have and the other opportunities that we're building uh, to to be, to be president and spend that much time and dedicate that much of your um, you know of your bandwidth to something. But once you do, it's just something hard to give up. How did you get involved in barbecue in the very first place in competitive cooking, and uh, what's it done for you over the years? There was never anything that was planned. Um, you know, just funny enough, it was my first job out of college was uh, when the cell phone industry really boomed, and Bell South had a, a, a cell phone division, and that was my first job was selling cell phones out of college. And lo and behold, Bell South had a hospitality tent at Memphis and May, and and they were paying us. I couldn't fathom the idea that they would pay me to go to Barbecue Fest and, and so I could go to Barbecue Fest on the clock. When they asked for volunteers, it was like, is this a trick question? And so we show up at Barbecue Fest, and we did a lot more work than we anticipated. We just did what we were, they told us to do, and... Uh, but there was a lot of osmosis. You know, we were absorbed. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. ...information and learning about barbecue, um, you know, by proxy, by just, just being there. It just sort of, after a couple of years of doing that, it just sort of really... It gets to it gets to be something that's part of you and part of your, you know, your makeup and what you expect and what you love. And after a couple of years, the I guess they had a bad year and they took it out of the budget and said we're not doing Memphis in May again this year. We're like, whoa, 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 hold on, <laughs> oh, hold on, that's that's not an option now. So it, for us, it wasn't an option not to do it at that, after just a few years. Uh, so a group of us that. You know, kind of had it in our veins. We decided we were going to continue to do it regardless. We pulled our money, found a couple of sponsors, and kept doing it. After a few years, uh, unfortunately, one of the guys that was the leader and head cook of the team uh, passed away, and I guess I had paid the most attention, and I was nominated the head cook. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Here you go. Here's, here's, here's your first time at Memphis in May. And how much, yeah. how much lead time did you have on that when, unfortunately, he passed away and you took over as head cook? Well, I had about a week. A wow. week. He, he died the Saturday of Memphis and May Lodium, and I took over as head cook that first uh, in, in 2000, would have been 2001, that I took over as head cook and with, you know, less than a week's notice. Uh, and we pulled out a ninth place shoulder that first time. And then you've gone on since then and won twice at Memphis and May overall, have you not? Yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, in 2000, we started. We really kind of started building momentum in 2005. We won first place shoulder. Uh, in 2006, 
We were back around 11th place. 2007, we made it back to the finals and we got second. 2008, we won first place. Again, 2009, we won first place but overall grand champion honors. Uh, 2010, we won second place. 2011, we won third place. 2012, we were back into the, I think, 14. Uh, and then 2013, we won first place again uh, and overall grand champion honors. And then 14, we were back around, I think, 14th place or somewhere. And then 2015, we made it back into the finals with second place. Listening so. to you go through that, Mark, it, it's interesting, the ups and downs. One year really good, and the next year uh, maybe there were some struggles. And I guess that just goes to show, number one, the competition in, in barbecue that's out there, and number two, the judges that you get can be different from year to year. So how does that help you prepare, say, for this season, 2018, which is coming up to where you make sure you have the best product in front of the folks that will be taking care of the judging? Yeah, it, you know, if you continue to do the same thing, you're going to get the same results to a certain degree. Uh, if all things being constant, that's the problem is things are not constant. Um, barbecue is continually evolving, and judges are expecting new things, and we're continually getting new generations of judges that are coming into judgment for some way. So uh, expectations are changing. People are stepping their game up and making sure that they're conscientious about the doneness of their product, they're conscientious about the appearance of their product, uh, and not only that, um, because of the makeup of Memphis and May, they're very conscientious about their the turn-in box, the mm-hmm. blind turn-in box, and there's a lot more emphasis on the blind turn-in box, and people are paying closer attention to that. It's the portion of it that's not as much fun and is back of the house, and, you know, sometimes not given as much attention as it should, but it, it's it's the majority of your score. So we're putting a lot more emphasis on the blind this year. Um, our on-sites we've done, in our we can do in our sleep, and our presentations, we can sell our product. Uh, we know everything there is to know, and we're, we have a technical side, and we have an entertainment side. So depending on uh, what type of judge we get, we have a technical and we have an entertaining presentation. We like to, we like to make sure and tailor what we're doing to the judge that to make them feel the most comfortable and then also spend more time to, to put hotter, fresher, better-looking product in front of the blind judges. You said something very interesting in the back of the house. So at Memphis May, you look at the tent, you see that wonderful area. Everybody's having a beverage and maybe having a beverage and food and whatnot. And then the back of the house is where the smokers and the cookers and their kitchens are you've had it in the past you've had to deal with uh, sponsors and entertain them and your friends and family what are y'all doing different this year we've spent a lot of time i'd say the past 10 years with lots of sponsorship lots of entertainment hospitality lots of tables and chairs and music and bars it puts some financial backing behind you but at the same time uh you know we've got about 11 team members and it takes a lot out of our team. And, and our team is just that. I mean, everyone has a job, and everyone has a responsibility, and they know what it is. The more emphasis we put, the, the more time and money we spend on hospitality, the further it takes us away from the focus of the prize, and that prize is a world championship. So this year, we, we decided at the end of last year, we everyone was so tired and beat down, and there was so much to do after the contest cleanup and recuperation, everyone just really, you know, we, we, we weren't in the finals, and that's just sort of, it's a, oh, man. Everyone really wants that back. Everyone wants that, that, that finals 
cart to pull back up and hand you that world champion finals sheet that tells you who you're in the finals with. Everyone wants that feeling back. So everyone decided, hey, we want to go back and we want to go back to our roots. We want to spend time with our with each other, with our team members, rather than just time working our butts off to feed someone to help pay our way. So we figured out a way to come to Memphis in May and spend as little as $4,000 and compete. And we're not feeding anyone at Memphis in May except the judges. That's Mark Lambert of Sweet Swine of Mine, president of the NBBQA. And, and Jimmy, they're just one of the teams that will be part of the stiff competition at the World Championship Barbecue Cooking Contest. Yes, this year's going to be packed and loaded. I mean, we've talked to Myron already, who's going to do hog. We've talked to Brad already, who's going to do hog. Mark Lambert's going to do shoulder down there at Memphis May. We're going to do ribs, of course, mm-hmm. but there are a ton of teams like Boar's Not Out, uh, Victory Lane Barbecue, uh, Ten Bones, who's won ribs for two years in a row down at Memphis May. But you've also got the legends. Um, Mike Mills from Apple City Barbecue will be there, 17th Street Grill. There are going to be so many people down there cooking, but also there will be so many people having a good time. So it's going to be a great time on the river this year and if you do go folks i highly recommend finding the smoker that's made out of an old taxi cab it's a <laughs> it is a hoot to watch that thing and how they do it it's it's just look there are all kinds of interesting setups and contraptions that folks use but to me that's one of the more remarkable ones and you, you'll see those you'll see some interesting things porkasaurus has a pig snout that yeah. sits right there in front of the booth and depending on how many cups they've had that day, they'll take it and blow a fire extinguisher through it, the CO2, and just I've kind of snort. It's, it's a fun time down there at Memphis MA. Coming up, before all of the teams gather at Tom Lee Park, there's an event in Arkansas for the Backyard Guy, Jimmy. Yes, there is. But this is The Rub on 600 WRAC and 92.1 FM. This is The Rub. This is the show that is all about barbecue, outdoor grilling, and competition cooking. I'm Jimmy Shotwell. And I'm Forrest Goodman. And while the focus is on the big Memphis in May championship, which is just a couple of weeks away, next weekend there's an event going on in Marion, Arkansas. That's less than a 30-minute or so drive, Jimmy, from downtown Memphis. Yes, it is. Eric Johnson with Chemo Cookers. Also is on the board of directors for the Esperanza Bonanza. We're going into our 26th year of a backyard cook. For years, it was uh, kind of an unsanctioned cook. Uh, last couple of years, has been an MBN backyard sanctioned cook. Uh, kind of started in 1992 with a group of local businessmen. Kind of got together to cook some barbecue for some trophies and bragging rights. And it's kind of escalated to one of the biggest barbecue events in northeast Arkansas. And, and it's not just barbecue you have. I mean, you've got barbecue, your typical ribs and butts on the MBN right. side, but it's expanded beyond that now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have all the ancillaries on um, Friday night. Saturday morning, we have a Bloody Mary uh, contest to kind of take over them, uh, knock the cobwebs off for Friday <laughs> night partying. Yep. We got brisket on Friday night. Have anything on, anything on a stick this year is a new category. We have a one-bite challenge. Of course, have a sauce contest because everybody thinks they have the best sauce in Trenton County, and that's their way to prove it. And this year also, on Saturday morning, we uh, have the first SCA sanctioned contest for steak. And then you also got a youth cook that you do every year. Yep, yep, we have a youth cook. Uh, I think it's the second or third year. I uh, hope to have a big turnout on that. Uh, we work great with local people and different sponsors to get a lot of st- good stuff donated. Um, 
on top of paying a hundred dollars to win for a child at six to sixteen to win grand champion, we have a PK grill valued about three hundred sixty nine dollars. Um, we have a Mad Cow Cutlery knife set, uh, grill grate package, good prize package for a ten dollar entry fee that somebody some youth is going to walk away with. So what are you? What are the youth cooking? Is is it like hey we can bring anything, or is there youth cooking hamburgers or pork chops? What's the deal there? We got three actually three categories for youth. You can cook all or just one. We're going to have pork chops, chicken, and beef. It could be a variation of anything. Uh, you know, it's not just like a beef brisket. It could be a steak. It could be a hamburger. Any variation of beef. Any variation of chicken. Then the pork chops. Do the kids then supply their own stuff, or will there be grills there for the kids to cook with? They no, they need to supply their own uh, own cookers. Um, I'm sure because most most of the kids going to do it. Uh, their parents are doing the barbecue part of it. So there'll they'll be cookers there and we'll be designating our own little site like most um, most of the youth cooks. That way uh, the Esperanza officials can kind of monitor to make sure the kids are actually cooking. The parents can actually help with anything that they see fit as dangerous for the child, like lighting the grill or... Cutting something. You know, cut, cutting, yeah, cutting something. You know, parents can assist. But, you know, there's someone's parents jump in there and cook it and say their kid won it. So at Esperanza, the weekend of May the 11th and 12th, you've got a barbecue contest, you've got a steak cook-off, you've got a youth cook, uh, but you also got a festival with music and everything else going on. I mean, for somebody right. who's just crossing over the river to come visit Marion and find out what's going on, what's there to do over there this that weekend? We have one of the biggest carnivals probably in the southeast. This carnival, every year, they're booked up three to four years in advance. Uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, from 4 till 10. It's $20 wristband night, unlimited ride, ride as much as you want to. Saturday from 1 o'clock to close, it's $20 wristband, ride as much as you want to. Uh, It's one of the best carnivals, like I said, in the southeast. If you don't go away with a goldfish, you know, from the prize, from the game, <laughs> you, that's your fault. That's your I think fault. Last year, that's your fault. I think last year we went home with four or five of them. I don't know. That may not encourage me to bring my kids over there. I don't know. If I <laughs> bring Everybody needs a goldfish from the carnival. Of course, of course. Right. We have a great lineup of entertainment. Thursday night from seven to ten, we have the Snarly Ranch Boys. Got the local um, group, uh, Dr. Fenner, which is superintendent of the Marion School District. That's his band. Friday night from 7 to 11, we're going to have Thump Daddy, which is a great local band. Saturday night, the headliner, Joel Early and Raising Kane. For those who uh, don't know who uh, Joe Early is, Joe Early... Uh, been on TV, been on uh, Food Network and one of the channels. Uh, I'm trying to remember that. It was Cooks versus Con. Cooks versus Con, and he won it, did he not? Yeah, he won that. If you never heard him, you need to uh, need to catch him out. He's going to be playing Saturday night from seven to eleven. Awesome group. They have a great following. All the little local uh, places that play local, and he's also cooking in the state contest. So uh, as of right now, I think we have twenty to thirty barbecue people entered already. We have, I think, last I looked, fifteen to sixteen states. But you know, the week of the event, that'll that'll probably double or triple. Paying great money for the stake, paying thousand dollars win, paying down to fifth place. The local sponsorship and the probably national sponsorship for the goodie bag for the team are phenomenal. Phenomenal this year. Let me kind of go over on the barbecue side. 
We're having a rib contest and a pulled pork. Each one of those categories are paying $500 to win each category down to fifth place gets $100. The grand champion prize, which is the highest score out of each one of those categories, is grand champion is going to win $1,000. Uncle Pookie Smoker, drum smoker, thanks to Mike Brickman on that. Raymond's Meat Market is donating a Wagyu brisket. Wow. Raymond's Meat Market is donating a Wagyu brisket for the grand champion. Also, Mad Cow Cutlery, everyone that wins a category in the ribs, the pulled pork, and the child's cook wins a five-piece knife step. And also, Flame Boss Fire Management System is also donating a fire management system for Flame Boss. That's about a $300 value. The Mad Cow set, that's about a $179 value. The Wagyu brisket, that's a $200 value. Easily, easily, yeah. Easily. The Uncle Pookie Smoker is about a $400 value on top of the $1,000 cash for a backyard cook. That's Eric Johnson, and the Esperanza Bonanza starts Friday, May 11th, wraps up Saturday. And as you heard Eric mention, there's a lot going on along with the barbecue competition. Coming up, it's our question of the week, what's going on, and recipe of the week. This is The Rub on 600 WREC and 92.1 FM. This is The Rub. It's the final segment of the show, and there's a lot to get to. I'm Jimmy Shotwell. I'm Forrest Goodman, and you're right, Jimmy. You can follow us on Twitter at The Rub Podcast, and that's where our question of the week comes from. Tim writes, what do I need to look for to choose a quality meat when buying a brisket? Ooh, brisket. That's not something we don't normally cook around here in the Memphis area, but it's starting to become more popular. Brisket is a finicky piece of meat. It's a very thick tough piece of meat so question is first off how many people are going to feed if you're going to do a lot of people get a full packer and a full packer is going to be somewhere between 12 to 14 pounds if you're doing just a few people do a flat and a flat is just that portion of it and uh that's where you get your slices from and that's where eh, it's about four to six pounds somewhere in that range uh so depending on how many people you're going to cook for that's the first thing to look at then look at your budget if you've got an unlimited amount of budget Wagyu brisket. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say. Beautifully marbled, uh, nice piece of meat. Uh, I just can't. It, it, it cooks and it tastes. It tastes like melted butter. I mean, it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have, you don't have that big money, then then maybe let's go look at something a little more economical. That you want to look at marbling. You don't want to just look how thick that fat that how thick that fat cap is. You want to see the marbling throughout the brisket. And how you do that is you can take a look at the front and the side and the back. The back's going to have that fat cap on it. The side is you can kind of see the marbling in there. And on the front, you can also see the marbling. The other thing you want to see, uniformity. You don't want to have this nice, long piece of meat that's got this massive, big fat cap right there at the end of it. Then look at the grade. The grade, of course, we talked about steaks being select or choice or whatnot. That's where you want to look at to see the grade. And I usually go for choice if I'm on a budget. Prime is the best. Right. But sometimes choice is what you can afford. So that's kind of what to look for on a brisket. I am a huge fan of brisket, especially if it's smoked right. My bit of advice is after you buy it, be careful. It's not cheap, as Jimmy mentioned, and it's not a forgiving piece of meat, unlike a shoulder or a butt that I've done many, many on that are forgiving. Yeah. Um, go Make sure you have a thermometer. 
and, and keep up with that temperature. And like Jimmy said, follow those rules when picking out the piece of meat. And look, when it's done right, believe me, it's going to be a hit with your family and friends. But you got to make sure that you're very careful with it because here's the other thing I hate, Jimmy. You ruin it and you're out mm-hmm. some money. And you're out all this time you've invested in it. So, yeah, what you said about watching temperature when actually during the cooking process, that is key. Mm-hmm. That is something I cannot stress about the most is having a good thermometer to see what your internal temperature is of the meat. Now, one thing at the very end, there's not a set in stone, hey, it's got to be 208 degrees or 195 degrees when it pulls off. About 190 degrees, start taking your thermometer and put it in there. Not just to check the temperature, feel the resistance when that thermometer goes in there it feels like it's going in soft butter it's good to go pull it off let it rest for about 30 minutes an hour slice into it and dive and enjoy it you can send your questions by following the rub on twitter or liking us on facebook it's may and before the heat of summer sets in there's plenty going on next weekend so let's start with we've been talking about memphis and may yeah. this is loading weekend for memphis and may so if you're a memphis and may team you've got your schedule of when you're going to load in your trailer start getting all the things set up and ready to go for memphis and that starts next saturday right this starts saturday the 12th saturday the 12th is when everybody starts loading in um and it's organized chaos everybody's got a time on saturday where they can bring their stuff in there so there's not a traffic jam it's going to be fun to do. Uh, but you've got other barbecue contests. We talked about Esperanza Bonanza yeah. over in Marion, Arkansas. Cenotobia, Mississippi, just right down the road, is having their Water Tower Festival. Uh, so it's a barbecue contest and a little festival in downtown Cenotobia, and it's going to be a fun time. But if you're going the other direction, Humboldt, Tennessee, is having a small barbecue contest. The city up there in Humboldt sponsoring. So you can get out of town and go to Cenotobia, Humboldt, or cross the river to Esperanza See these small-town festivals and enjoy some good barbecue. Warm up the taste buds before you take them to Memphis in May <laughs> in a couple of weeks. You've got to practice. you got to, you got to work yourself into it. You just can't go jump into Memphis in May cold turkey. Come on now. And, Jimmy, it's time for the recipe of the week. What are we cooking? We're doing something not meat-related. Okay. I, I know this is shocking to especially a lot of folks who are listening. It's not does not include bacon or pork or anything else. Oh, boy. You, I don't know if you have my attention or not. <laughs> not meat-related. What are we What are we going to smoke or grill here? We're going to use our rotisserie. Sometimes, some of y'all have these at home. That's that little spit that you can put on your grill, that you can put your meat or whatever it is right there and cook it and cook a nice crust on the outside, but cook the meat all the way through. Well, we're going to do a pineapple, but it's not just any kind of pineapple. We're going to soak this pineapple in some special beverage. I saw this back in 2017 at the MBBQA conference that they were doing it, and they were using uh, a cinnamon whiskey and soaking this pineapple in cinnamon whiskey and then rubbing it down in brown sugar and putting it on a spit. Let me go ahead and preface this. I don't like pineapple. I ate probably about three helpings of this. It was so good. So what we're going to do is we're going to go get a pineapple from Kroger. Full pineapple has got everything on there, and we're going to take the outside rind off. Chop that top off. Don't worry about coring it out. Most folks say, hey, core it out. Don't worry about coring it out because you're going to put that on that spit. Before you're going to do that, put it in a Ziploc bag and get some cinnamon whiskey. I like napalm whiskey. It's a veteran-owned company from Lead Slingers, so I'm going to put it in there. Minimum two hours, no longer than overnight. Let that soak into that pineapple. Start going ahead and score it when you pull it out of the bag. When I say score it, cut some lines into it so it can spread out and look nice and even. But also it can kind of, when it starts shrinking, it can has, uh, it doesn't break or crack on you. Then you're going to rub the outside down with raw sugar and brown sugar. Maybe just a little bit of ground cinnamon if you want a little extra kick. But I usually leave that ground cinnamon off. Just brown sugar and sugar in the raw. Roll that 
pineapple in it, put it on your spit, put it on your grill, and just let it go for about two hours. Uh, but you want to check it probably every 30 to 45 minutes to see how that caramelization is going. It is so good. And all the alcohol cooks off. You're not, it's just the flavor. All the alcohol cooks off. Right. So you don't have to worry about giving the kids or anything. It's just the flavor there. And it's really good, really sweet, with the twang and that heat of that cinnamon whiskey. You have given me something now I want to try because I really like uh, pineapple on pizza. Uh, I have skewered pineapple chunks before yeah. and put them on the grill. Uh, with some other fruits, and that is, uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I, I think I'll. This is one I'm going to have to try myself. And folks, <laughs> by the way, if you do try this or anything that you cook this weekend or grill this weekend, uh, let us know. Uh, put a picture on Twitter and, and tag us in it at the Rub Podcast. We would love to see it. We'll share it with our audience. We'd like to see what you guys and gals are doing out there on the grill. Yeah, we got tagged last week while we did. Our, one of our listeners. We were talking about the Yeti and all that, but also we were talking about storing charcoal, and he was showing us how he stored his yeah. charcoal so yeah hit us up on the podcast twitter facebook and uh, we'll be happy to like and share those and then we may talk about it on the air we would love to see those pictures absolutely and with that we're at the end of the show next week jimmy a big 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 preview of the world <laughs> championship barbecue cooking contest at tom lee park force thank you so much been a great show enjoyed it hey thank you for making this the number one podcast from the mbbq awards of excellence for Jimmy Shotwell, I'm Forrest Goodman. Get out there and grill or smoke something good this weekend. So long, everybody. You can listen to The Rub on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, and Google Play. You can also hear it Saturday afternoons at 3 on 600 WREC and 92.1 FM. Like The Rub on Facebook. Just search The Rub Podcast. You can also follow the show on Twitter. Just search at The Rub Podcast. The Rub is a production of Memphis Barbecue Supply, Good Media, and 600 WREC and 92.1 FM. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags.